Man, am I excited for this episode. I want to say thank you for tuning in. This is number three, episode 00 Trace of the podcast, Off the Cuff Behind Light Media. I'm Austin Wiggins. And again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for choosing to spend time in your day or multiple days, depending on how you listen to this. Uh, you know, giving us a chance to, to come into your to your space and, and speak to you and, and, and enjoy a conversation with you among us. And uh, I just, you know, I, that really means a lot to me every episode. But I know you're I know you're wondering how can we still possibly be going? I know we spoke to we, we've we've had a couple conversations already, of course. And the, the truth is, I've got some really cool stuff that I'm excited to share with you guys. I mean, this, this is just the beginning. And this is something, again, that I've, I've dreamt of for many, many years. And it's like now that I've got finally have this up and running, it's like my mind is just going 90 miles an hour just thinking, you know, I've, I've probably sent out 50 text messages to different people just, expl- you know, trying to rally up the troops because this is a... Just, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about the people that have agreed to come on the show and the people that are are also excited about coming on the show and, and what the show represents. But today, I just wanted to, you know, start off by introducing who we're going to be speaking with. And the person we're speaking with, his name is Clayton Martin. He's one of my just very good friends. We worked together for many years when I was on staff at a church um, just before I took my business full time. Back in 2020, we worked together for, um, I would say, probably three years or so. And man, he is an incredible person and his family is awesome. And anytime I get together with Clayton, you know, and, and we talk about this in the, in the, when I, in the interview or in our conversation rather, but it's just anytime I see him, when I go into that, to the Alabama area, he is, whether it be for pleasure or for, for work, it's just an awesome delight, and he's he's just one of those smiles you see, and it just lights up the room. Everybody really enjoys being around Clayton, but he's, I definitely wanted to talk to him because he's, you know, we're, he and I are about the same age, and he's accomplished, he's accomplished so much stuff in his, in his uh, 30 years, or just about 30 years, I think he's 30, but, um, and it's just, he's an impressive person, his personality is just super entertaining, and I'm very excited to introduce you guys to Clayton. I won't even go into his resume yet because that's one of the first things we get into. But just short of, I mean, I'd say probably one of the coolest things is his his story is when he as his uh, recently published within the past couple of years he published his first a- uh, illustrated children's book, and just the story behind that and how it came to be and the heart behind it, and and, and it's just amazing, and that's. For me, with him, that was definitely one of the things I was most excited to talk about. Plus, his soccer—he, you know, played soccer in college, and he's just got all these different things. And he's, you know, from a town pretty close to Nashville, so he's, you know, of course, he loves the—he loves the Tennessee Titans, loves the Tennessee Titans. And so we'll talk all about sports, or at least soccer. We'll talk about uh, the book. We're going to talk about what it's like to be. Really, because he's a student pastor, it's his, it's his primary profession and you know role, I guess you'd say. And just talk, we talk a lot about what it's like, not just being a pastor of the of teens today, but just a counselor, a counselor style 
uh, a counselor, a counselor of sorts to to these to the today's young people and what that's like for him and things that he's seeing. But enough of that. We're going to get right into it. Welcome, my friend, dear Clayton Martin. We did it. We're here. We're here. So where are we at? We are sitting on a bench under a tree um, in front of my lake in my neighborhood. And uh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Perfect day. 75 degrees. And uh, man, you can't ask for better than this. Well, I want to start off by saying, so as I was pulling in your neighborhood, yeah. there was I, as I approached the probably, probably about a tenth of a mile into your neighborhood, I see just above the hill is a, a, a swarm of buzzards. And I'm just like, what in the world has, has someone pet perished? Or, you know, is something, oh, what's dead on, up here? And I get up, turns out there's a, a... Your first thought was a human? Well, I thought that maybe somebody's pet had gotten hit oh, or something. Oh, pet. Oh, you know, pet. I thought you... <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, oh, okay. no. And then I get over get over the hill and I see it's, a, alas, it's a massive armadillo. And I'm just like... Yes. Um, so the first thing I see when I get in your, your neighborhood is a large armadillo being eaten by a swarm of, of buzzards. And I'm like, that is a symbol. That is look at a, that. Look at that crane. We got a crane over there. <laughs> See, that's going to be an amazing episode. And that's what's beautiful about this show is that we're literally outside and, you know, we've got the birds, we've got the breeze, we've got the cranes, got yeah, a tur- the several turtles. Turtle crane. We have, we have several turtles on the way walking over here. But the, the first thing that I saw was this buzzard and are these these buzzards in this armadillo and I'm like that's a sign for an epic conversation to have. what a what a beautiful representation of the beginning of this conversation yeah I'm just glad we're not close to the buzzards I am terrified of birds so which uh, I've heard that I've yeah heard that in the past you told me before I think yeah I had a I had a pretty traumatic experience uh when I was in Haiti one time and uh ever since then I've stayed my distance well, I mean, they're, they're, they, I don't blame you there. I mean, I, I, you're not probably the only person who's had a, a, a an unfortunate run-in with the uh, the feathered kind, as they are, as some <laughs> might call birds, but uh, we'll call the feathered kind. The smaller birds, I'm not 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 too bad, but like the big birds, you know, like turkeys and specifically ostriches, yeah, like they're they're terrifying. Um, but hopefully, we don't run into an ostrich today. I don't think we will. I don't think we will. So, well, I think we're safe there. To kick it off, man, thank you so much for coming on to the show and just being open and willing to talk to me. It is, you know, I'm, you know, we, I know conversations with me can sometimes go in all sorts of different directions, and you really know. That's what I love about it. We, we just never know quite what to expect. I have a list here or kind of a rough idea of what I want to talk about. Yeah. But thank you so much for coming on the show. And I kind of, you know, introduced you a little bit in the intro of the episode, but. I've got just a handful of things here of what describes Brother Clayton. We oh have, man, we have father. Yes, we I have father, husband. Yep, coach. Yep, pastor. Yep, published author. <laughs> yeah, and the, maybe the the best thing of all, human being. That's right. When last time I checked, you are a human being. Sort of. I am. Yes, very much a human. So, and that's <laughs> what this show is all about: connecting with people like yourselves, human beings with interesting stories, and you know when. Uh, so, alas, here we are, yeah. surrounded by a, a, a gorgeous environment and uh, just super. I, on the way over here, I'm, I'm, about, I'm about an hour and a half away, so I was just, yeah. you know, being pumped up the entire time driving over here, and um, this, and that's just why we went. Why 
this show exists yeah. for moments just like this. So, yeah. gosh, there's so much I want to talk to you about that uh, it's hard for me to even know where to begin. But I kind of want to just introduce, give you the opportunity to introduce yourself to the viewer. Now, yeah, um, we're talking to people not just here in, in the Alabama area or the Georgia area, but we're speaking more nationally. So yeah. to a national audience, introduce yourself. Man, uh, my name is Clayton, born and raised in... Uh, Franklin, Tennessee, so just south of Nashville, Music City, um, greatest town in the world. Um, I am probably one of the largest Tennessee Titans fans you'll ever meet. Uh, I was I was there when they came to the city of Nashville and um, just been bleeding two-tone blue for forever. Uh, so I uh, love the Titans, big Titans fan. Uh, yeah, like you said, I'm I'm been married to my wife McKinley uh, since 2016. We got married right out of college um, and then we had our first daughter. Her name is Nora in 2018. Um, and then we had Mary Collins who's our second daughter in 2021. So we've got two beautiful girls. Uh, MC will be two this year. Nora will be five, which is crazy. Nuts. Um, and uh, yeah, I've... Um, Man, I've been all over the place. Uh, I've had the opportunity to travel all over the world and experience a lot of different cool things. And um, man, I just, I love so much uh, just the human aspect of life and how every person has a story. And uh, every chance that I get to meet a new person is to meet a new story and to hear a new story. And uh, I love your idea of this podcast because it's it just so, so much lines up with, with how I, try to live life um and so i appreciate you appreciate your heart for this and uh man i just i'm excited i i'm not very good at introducing myself i just say those things and and uh it's just your it's just who i am yeah yeah well <laughs> i mean unfiltered uh you know clayton martin yeah that's yeah. Uh, that's what i want i want the unfiltered version of you yeah. so don't don't think about it just yeah. speak yeah that's right no we i mean we've been so we're in springville alabama right now um which is You'll drive right through it and not even know you were there. Small. I blinked a couple of times and I missed it. <laughs> yeah. I had to turn around. It's a small town in Alabama. That's uh, where my wife grew up. So when we graduated college in 2016, we moved back here. And um, we've been on staff at a church. Uh, well, I, I have. I've served on staff at a church since 2017. My wife is a teacher here at the local elementary school in Springville. And, um, yeah, coach uh, high school soccer and do private lessons and i Played soccer growing up, played soccer in college. And uh, so that's, I live and breathe soccer and it's, it's one of my one of my things that I love. Which I definitely want to touch on the so soccer aspect because I'm not a big sports person. One of the things yeah. that I'm trying to, to achieve uh, through this podcast is to potentially learn a little bit more about sports because, yeah. um, but we'll definitely talk about that. I'm a that. big sports guy, so. And then talking about the Tennessee Titans, um, I, it's, it's, I knew I was at the right place, the right house. I'd never been to this house. You've lived in a couple houses. I've, this yeah. is, I knew I was at the right place when I saw that Tennessee Titans, you know, tag you have, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. plate cover. On I got to make sure all the people in Alabama know that I'm a Titans fan. So, and I, I thank you for that. Cause I, I was like, am I in the right place? And yes, I knew it was. <laughs> and then I got out, saw you open the door and I knew I was at Clay Martin's house. That's right. That's me. So, um, so about our background, you know, because the show stems from my love of people and networking and stories. So how did we, I want to talk a little bit about how yeah. we got to know each other, our background, why we're not just strangers off this, you know, that I didn't just yeah. pick you off the street. Yeah, that would know. have been okay too. 
that's fine, you know, and, and maybe some people I talk to will be that, yeah. you know, but, but as of now, we pretty much it's all been people I know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we, we started our relationship. Um, sorry, I'm watching that crane. He keeps trying to dive and catch a fish. It's pretty mesmerizing. I know, man. I, uh, I know you, you, you're afraid of birds and no, that, that's, that's actually really cool. It's, it's nature. That's like true. just seeing nature, man. They just seeing how, yeah, it's just so cool. Seeing how God designed nature to to fend for themselves. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, we met. Uh, what year was it? What year did you? Come on it style? was 2018. It was 2018? Thanksgiving 2018. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I was on staff at the church, and uh, you got you you joined 2018, uh, taking over our videos and what else did you do? A lot of a lot of different things. Just mainly video, but creative. Yeah, you know. Lots of brainstorming, and you know, we, I worked on the what is effectively the marketing. Yeah, it was the creative team, but effectively, and like most people would think of, is kind of like the equivalent of a marketing team for a church. Yeah. So when you came on full time at the staff, that's really when our relationship started. Um, and uh, man, it was it just hit the ground running. Man, I mean, seriously. Yeah. Then of course, everybody on staff, I fell in love with instantly, and I just was so welcomed, and just I mean, that it's been so many years now and I still feel like in which I still work with you guys on a regular basis doing yeah. contract work and whatnot but um but it's just always a pleasure coming to to Trustville yeah. to, to this area part of Birmingham uh, you know north of about 20 minutes northeast of Birmingham yep Birmingham and uh you guys are like family so oh, yeah. of course you know I've got you I've got several other people that I want to talk to yeah from from the church and talk about their incredible stories and um you know, and it's not necessarily a religious conversation. It's not a spiritual conversation or a persuasive conversation. But just a lot of people in my life are pastors and have done incredible things. And you know, um, I've got the chance to share my faith with these people. But it's not a faith-based podcast. But I can't, you can't, I can't hide straight that me, part yeah. of my life or sure. uh, my friends' lives for sure. So, um, so that's a little bit about our background. We've got some crazy stories. We don't have. We'll have to do a part two. <laughs> Maybe with you, just and straight just, stories, just That's straight stories is. of the of my, especially my tenure on staff with the church. But <laughs> oh but, man, uh, we'll, we'll save that for another day. Yeah, but yes, we've been friends for quite a while. And love your family, beautiful, beautiful family, beautiful daughters. Yeah, and Thank just you. always, it's been so nice seeing them grow up. And I'm always asking about about the kiddos and yeah. the family as a whole. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's a little bit about our background. So specifically, so I, let's kind of get into the more of the main conversation. The more, the main thing I want to talk start out with is just, let's start with college and the whole mm. sports aspect. And yep. so just tell, tell me a little bit about that because I'm, and I'm sure a lot of listeners also are kind of clueless to soccer. It's kind of a growing sport in the U.S. Yes. So Yeah, it's growing. Um, why, why did you get into soccer and tell me about soccer and, you know, all the things there are soccer yeah. in your world? Um, man, I started playing soccer when I was eight years old. Um, I was playing club baseball uh, starting at five years old. So I was playing travel baseball at five years old, um, which is not uncommon in the South. Um, travel baseball is is pretty popular. Um, so I was playing baseball when I was five. And um, if you know me at all, or if you're listening and you don't know me, I'm a pretty active person. I love to move around. Uh, I love to work out and run and stay physically fit and so baseball for me it just wasn't enough movement um i was playing shortstop and 
just just didn't have enough movement for me. So I got about eight years old and told my parents that, hey, I want to I want to try something else. And so at the time, uh, soccer was was really growing in our area where I was where I was from. And uh, so I tried soccer and uh, ended up being pretty decent at it. And well, you're uh, the closest thing to a cheetah I know. Just uh, <laughs> okay. you know, so I was like, I can't imagine someone that their spirit animal must be a cheetah trying to sit still for longer than <laughs> yeah. yeah. Five I or three minutes, I don't sit still minutes. well. So uh, soccer was great because I'm always moving. Um, and so yeah, tried it at, at eight years old and fell in love with the game and and just the team aspect of soccer. And so. Uh, yeah, started playing club club soccer at, at a young young age, and um, got to a point where I was I was playing soccer year round, never stopped. Went from either school ball to club ball, and then back and forth and back and forth. And so tell me, so and got to college. So right. what is like why soccer? Like other than it got you moving more. I mean, what is it about the game, even more broadly, even beyond you? But what is it that why is soccer sweeping the nation even? Well, I mean. For those that grow up in the south of the United States, um, you think football is the dominant sport. Um, and it is in the south of the United States. Um, but for the rest of the world, soccer is the most popular sport in the entire world. Um, a lot of people think the Super Bowl is the most popular sporting event, and it's not even close. Uh, the World Cup is actually the most popular sporting event. And it's like, I can't remember the numbers, but it's, it blows the Super Bowl out of the water. Um, and so it's, it, it just kind of grew in, into the United States. And uh, for me, man, I, I, loved, I loved the team aspect of it. Um, I loved the, the larger fields, so it was a lot of, lot of space for movement. Um, and for me, I, I just I loved the working with my feet. Um, and uh, very few, very, I, I mean, obviously don't use your hands much unless you're goalie. Um, but I just, I loved the, the team aspect of it and just loved the game. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. What are some misconceptions about like people that, you know, poo poo on soccer, <laughs> you know, which there's a lot of people. That, yeah, you know, there are. What are the misconceptions or why should people give it a second, sh- a second chance if maybe they haven't really given it a shot? Yeah. A lot of people say soccer is not a physical sport. Um, and that's just wrong, uh, at every aspect of that, uh, soccer is very physical. Uh, a lot of people. As, as you would term it, poo-poo on soccer because... <laughs> because I love I was, using that term when I'm working. <laughs> I, I like it. It's it's Austin Wiggins. <laughs> it's such a great term. Uh, a lot of people do it because if you look at it from an international stage, there are a lot of like flopping and uh, trying to sail fouls and, and roll around on the ground. And there are certain elements of the game uh, that that I don't personally agree with, I don't like. Uh, so I think a lot of people have a negative connotation uh, with soccer because of that. Uh, one person that I will I will leave unnamed for for specific reasons. Um, he calls soccer players field fairies. Oh, yeah. Um, which I don't take offense to that. That that doesn't. I mean, someone not, in your personal life or a famous person. Or? <laughs> yeah, and if he's listening to this podcast, he'll know exactly who I'm talking okay. about. Um, and maybe I'll tell you when we stop recording. Okay. Uh, we'll keep it an- an- anonymous for now, though. Yeah, we'll keep it off the off the cuff. Off the off the cuff. Yes, I like that. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that that's a lot of negative part of soccer. Uh, but man, dude, I'm telling you, where we are in Springville, um, soccer really is about not even a decade old. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's probably six or seven years old here in Springville, um, and it is growing like crazy. 
Um, like I mentioned, I, I do private lessons, so one-on-one lessons. Which is the coach side of you. Um, the, the coach. Currently, side. yeah, currently. I, I used to uh, I used to coach up at the local high school. Um, the, the high school varsity coach is one of my good friends. And so I used to go, when, I, when we didn't have kids, I, I, I coached up there full-time, uh, like on top of what I did at the church. Uh, but yeah, so I do lessons and it's growing, man. I, right now I'm currently doing private lessons for 10 different families. Oh my gosh, uh, I did not know that. Yeah, so I, mean, I knew you were doing this, but I didn't realize it had gotten. Yeah, and, and I've, I've had to turn down probably six or seven families. Would you consider taking on me for some private lessons? <laughs> Man, you know what? If, if it allowed me to spend more time with you, I would do it. <laughs> well, we would have a lot of time together if I needed to improve and get to where I was actually acceptable at the game of soccer. Yeah. We would we would basically be blood relatives by the end of the by the end of that uh, by the time that uh, yeah. I was successful there. But uh, yeah. with your coaching, I probably could be. Hey, we'll see. But um, so so where so I know you talked about the college when you kind yeah. of started over there. But so where did you go to school? Yeah, uh, I went to Union University. Um, it's in Jackson, Tennessee, which is West Tennessee. It's an hour east of Memphis. Um, it's a D2 school, NCAA Division II, um, and yeah, uh, pretty pretty small Christian school, mm-hmm. and yeah, Miss Ward McKinley and I met. She played softball there, and um, I played soccer, of course, and, and we met there and moved back here. There you go. So, any, any do you have any insight or words of wisdom or advice for maybe somebody who's listening to this who's a college or high school student? And is considering going to college for to play soccer? Like, what would you tell yourself from, you know, 2010, 2011? Well, I think we graduated the same year, right? 20. I uh, graduated high school 2012. Okay, so yeah. go back 29, 2009, 2010. What would you tell yourself? Um, man, just work your butt off. Um, I mean, it, it's the biggest thing is stay true to yourself, uh, be coachable. Uh, that's the biggest thing. Man, I, I just going back, man. I, I, I thought. I was, I mean, I was decent at soccer, but I definitely could have had a, a more humble attitude. Um, I mean, I wasn't a jerk by any means, but but I, I definitely felt very confident in my game. Um, and so I think for me, just being coachable, teachable, um, you're not as good as you think you are. Um, and just if you want to go to the next level, being able to take that, take your game to the next level, you've got to be coachable um, and understand that there's always areas of your game that can develop. Which, I mean, that goes far beyond even coaching or sports. I mean, that's just a general life hack. 100%. Yeah. Always, if you can just wake up every day and just realize, I'm not that good. <laughs> I'm not as good as I think I am. Yeah, I'm really, I mean. But not know, in a way that's, that's not, putting yourself no, down. No, but, but it's, I a, think, it's humbling. But I think it's a, good, it's a good exercise to where you almost have to fight yourself a little bit to, to like, at least for me, you almost it's almost a constant battle that you want to you want to be fighting but very intentionally yeah to keep you growing and want to never get or feel like oh you're the best or no one can teach me anything yeah always just wake up i try to uh you know i try to picture myself as like being as worthless as a, a rotten banana peel in a dumpster in like one of the back alleys of harlem you know <laughs> i like i like that i try to try to say like that's who you know, I try to see myself as I'm like, you know, really at the end of the day, we're all that. We're all human. You're, yeah. We're all... We all and, put our pants on the same way. Yes, and we all put masks on, not necessarily in a negative way, but we, we all, we, we put on our sort of identities, I guess you'd say. Yeah. We all have an identity, 
that we that we identify with, and I think that's kind of a, a crucial thing to realize, and it's helped me kind of have that super humbling ideology, I guess you'd say, for for many years. And but I think that so it's interesting you say that about soccer, but yeah, and coaching, and yeah, but yeah, I think uh, it's a big deal. I mean, just being able to approach life in a way that you're always a student, um, and those that have gone before you, those that um, have spent more time doing it. Um, man, be be humble and learn. It's the biggest thing. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Always be listening to other people, even people, especially a lot of people don't think about. I don't to listen to those younger than you as well. Yeah, you bring know. a fresh perspective on on a lot of critical ideas. And I mean, you there's a lot to learn even if you just listen to children. Yeah, and you know, interact with themselves, and you know, they'll listen to everything they say. That's true. I mean, you have to. I I try to. I I try to um, go. Two year old says some crazy things. That's true. That's true. Everything. How you you know, it's, the sermon is key. Um, but I mean, I know what a, you mean. Though. But it's amazing it's what right. you can learn from children or young young people that just haven't completely because they're unbiased. They haven't been. Um, the world hasn't Innocent. really. The world hasn't really told them what reality is fully yet so they're giving advice or they say things without outside of that and it's amazing you know what what can uh can come from listening to those younger than you especially but um so the next thing i wanted to discuss really this uh is the go back to one of the pieces of your quote-unquote resume as i called it but published author Mm. so i i from i didn't even know this was a thing until after it had happened like i didn't know at least i can't remember hearing about that um aspect of your life until it had been completed but um just i want to open the floor give you the floor and just say dude like what was that about how did it get started yeah what was it all you know i want because i'm mostly ignorant to it myself i know at the, at a high level but i want to know the details yeah um so for those who those of you that, that don't know what he's talking about um i had the opportunity to write a, it was a kid's book mm-hmm. uh, so a uh, crazy story. I woke up one morning, and I'm a dreamer, so I I dream crazy dreams, and um, sometimes I wake up and I'm like, "What was that?" Uh, and this was one of those. I woke up one morning, and I uh, looked over at my wife and said, "You're not going. You're not going to believe what I just dreamed." And um, she said, "What did you dream now?" Because <laughs> I'm always like, "I had a crazy dream last night," and uh, I said, "I had a dream that I wrote a kids book." And it had Nora, who's our, our five-year-old daughter, and Levi. Uh, and Levi is, is one of Nora's friends. Um, Levi is an incredible young boy. Um, he uh, was diagnosed with Down syndrome at a very young age, um, but is the literally the light of the world um, and such a joy for so many people. And so, um, that, and that, that alone um, is deep for me. So I, when I grew up, one of my good friends growing up uh, was autistic. Um, and there is a distinction between Down syndrome and autism. Uh, so I want to make sure that's, that's understood. But um, I always had a, 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 a compassionate heart. I had a, I mean, just part of my story and testimony are, uh, is very deeply connected to people with special needs. Um, so when, uh, when I woke up with that dream, that Nora and Levi, I wrote a kid's book about Nora and Levi. Um, it was, uh, it was like, okay, like took me a while to process, like, is this a real thing? 
So after a few weeks, man, I just, it was one of those things like I just couldn't stop thinking about it. You know, like mm -hmm. when you have those ideas that you're like, man, I just can't stop thinking about this. Um, it was one of those. And so I just kept thinking about it. And literally one day I sat down and I was like, you know what? Let's just see what happens. I like to write. I'm not the best writer in the world um, by any means, but I, I like to write. Uh, I think writing helps me process things. And uh, so anyways, I sat down one day and put my AirPods in and, and just started writing. Uh, because in the dream, I didn't have an idea of like what the story was about, what what we what happened in the story it was just i knew it was levi and nora mm -hmm. uh, so i sat down and, and literally just started writing and uh, got to a point where i was like man this is actually like it's actually not 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 too bad and so i had a couple people read it and i knew that it was something when the second person that read it uh was was crying at the end of it and so uh and part of that they have a personal relationship with both nora and levi so they know their relationship and they know how special it is. Um, but she looked up at me and she was like, this is amazing. Um, started crying. And so I was like, huh, maybe maybe we have something here. And so started having a couple more people read it, people that, you know, I've said care about and are close to me. And um, and so, yeah, started the journey of, of what would it look like to publish this. And um, I actually was really cool. Uh, I had a former student. So... Uh, on staff, I'm uh, our student pastor, so a lot of relationships with uh, former students that go on and do amazing things in life. Uh, he's an incredible artist, uh, Zach Tracy. Okay, Brandon. Yes. Brandon Mandy's uh, our former, our, one of our former colleagues' son. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so Zach, yeah, Zach and I were always always close when they were here, and um, so I, I called him one day and I was like, "Hey, man, uh, kind of have a crazy idea." And how old is he? Was he is he at this time? Uh, he's high school. So, okay. yeah, so high, yeah, school. high school age. Um, I was like, have you ever illustrated a kid's book? And he's like, no, I've never done that. But which most 15, 16 year old probably wouldn't <laughs> yeah. have. But, um, but Zach is, I mean, unbelievably talented. Um, if you're listening, just Google Zach Tracy, Z-A-K. Uh, sometimes he goes by Zachary, Z-A-K-A-R-Y, Tracy Art. Yeah, he's very, I mean, very talented. Yeah. I mean, he I actually worked with talented. him. For a client a few years ago, he designed a logo. Yeah. We're doing a project for a high school, and they needed like a, a student-made um, logo, and it was yeah. it was awesome. And he makes it look like it's a, I mean, it, he's professional. I mean, literally, like, it, he's so good at what he does. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, we got to tag team the project and got it to a place where we felt like it could be published, and, and so, yeah, we... Uh, we did it. Well, tell me about that because, I mean, I've always been curious, which I actually have a, a handful of people in my life that are published authors, um, but I never really asked them, what's the process What's the process you have to do to get a book published? And I'm sure that's different for children's books. I'm sure it's very different for children's, illustrated children's books versus like a novel, but yeah. what was that like? And how did you get into that? How did you get connected with that? Yeah, it's obviously my first time doing it. Um, so I had to do a lot of research. Um, nowadays, there's a lot of different options. The traditional publishing option is honestly uh, not as popular as it used to be. Uh, I mean, you have your like Max Lucado and you know, like big name people that still publish through. Uh, I'm gonna pause. Look at look at that log. All those turtles on that log. There's probably 20 turtles on that log. 
Well, I know you said you're going to pause, but I'm going to keep that. Are you mean to like edit that out? I'm no, man, I was going to pause my oh, story. Oh, sorry. I'm going to keep that in because that was beautiful. Like, you're just that's you're just sitting there talking. It. Look at that log, man. <laughs> Look, at there's one, two, three, four, yeah. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. There's twenty-five plus turtles right there. And what can you not find in a recording studio? Turtles. Twenty-five turtles <laughs> on a log. Just lounging about on a log on with a beautiful with a crane. day with a crane uh, or a heron. I'm not sure if it's a crane oh. or a heron, but I like the word heron better. It's more elegant <laughs> representation of the birded. Uh, the birded I think. We'll call it a heron. Yeah. Um, anyways, back to my story. Uh, yeah. So we ended up going the um, independent publishing uh, route just because uh, financially, uh, majority of the the money we made on this book went to. Uh, charity went to specific uh, charities that uh, we support, and so um, you know I wanted to make sure that we maximize the value. And so I had a few offers that we could have, that we could have done traditionally publishing, but just the 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 ratio in terms of profit share just wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up going independent through it's a company called Ingram Spark. Uh, they were awesome to work with. Um, yeah, so we got it published and. Set a date and man, we we rocked it. It was awesome. That's fantastic. And and speaking about Levi, I actually talked to I called his mom yesterday just to let her know we're recording a podcast and we wanted to bring Levi up in all the best ways possible, of course. But I just wanted to before you know, before I talk about a someone's child on the podcast, I want their have their blessing and she was just so delighted that we were gonna be talking about Levi and yep. and, and hit your relationship and how the book came about and what you guys have done in that community, like the Down syndrome community yeah. and your your charity you know don, you know donating proceeds that kind of thing and but i mean i've only come in contact with oh with um levi i don't know two or three times we haven't you know i haven't really spoke with him a whole lot but he really is truly an inspiring individual his pictures you know he's always smiling and the piece had such an effect on people around him and in his fear it's just yeah. mind-blowing and when I heard that you had written this book and was and Levi was a part of it, I was just like, that is just amazing. I mean, just truly an amazing idea and beautiful work of art. The art is, is gorgeous and just so cool that you pulled together exactly all job. these people that are in your sphere and in your world come together to work together to create this beautiful piece of work. Yeah. One uh, thing one thing about me is I, I don't like to do anything alone. I love, I love doing things with people, um, specifically people that that matter to me. Um, cause there's, I mean, I could have, I could have got anybody to illustrate the project and probably it would have been quicker. We would have done it quicker, but it was just special to be able to do it with Zach. And, um, you know, it was able to get, build, build his resume and, mm-hmm. you know, put, put something, put something out there that he hadn't done yet. Um, so it was, it was really fun. It was a lot of fun. Well, so many things that are done quote unquote quickly don't have heart, you know? Right. So, and that's the thing is quick, quick so rarely produces true quality yeah work that lasts especially art yeah you know yeah. um but well very cool um yeah the book it, for those wondering it's called i love you more than me um and so it's a really obviously there's a there's a heart-wrenching part of it mm-hmm. um but what i what i love so much about it is the majority of the people you know f- think that Uh, Nora should be the one that's helping Levi because Levi has special needs but the very fact that uh, Levi was the one that ended up helping Nora 
it was uh, it was very special. And so the whole the whole message, I love you more than me, is uh, Levi is not thinking about himself. He's thinking about Nora more than himself, and that he loves Nora more than himself. And so it's really really interesting. I love that. Where so where can people find this? Uh, it's on Amazon. Amazon is probably the, the uh, best place to buy it. Um, it used to be on Target, Barnes and Noble. I don't know if it still is, but, uh, but yeah, Amazon is probably the best place to buy it. And it's "I love you more than me." I love you more than me. I love it, and I'll put a link. I can put a link in that in the show description. Yeah, perfect. If you want to check it out, but so well, very cool, man. And just that's such a. I definitely wanted to have you on. That's like such a critical point in this conversation because of not just the book and that it was published and it found success, but just the, the, the message behind it. I mean, it's just a, it's a pure representation of, of you. And, um, and really a lot of that I identify as well is how can, how can you not, what can you, what not, what, what, not what you can get, but what can you give, you know? Right. It's like, and I just try to think about that. Even in my business, I try to connect people. And that's kind of what this podcast is about too, is, how can I connect other people together more so than just, oh, how can I um, get popular on the internet doing this podcast? I don't really care about that so much. I'm just trying to do, use this as a way to talk with people. And so that's something we've definitely connected over, connected uh, through over the years. But uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about in our main discussion really is just you're a student pastor. You know, the other piece of that resume, pastor, you're a student pastor and you've, um, you're now a global student pastor, but you've worked with, so you're kind of, you oversee three campuses. That's right. Um, but you're still, you're still the primary student pastor at one of the campuses, correct? That's right. Yep. Okay. So I wanted to talk to you, and not just on a spiritual level or uh, talking about like Christianity or anything like that, but just what it's like working and with kids and students and, well, really teens more yeah. more specifically in this day and age and things that you've seen and like kind of let's focus on the parents listening to this or maybe teens listening to this like what are some of the things and the struggles that you see being a uh, a counselor you know and not directly counselor but you yeah. have a counselor like experience with some of these folks i'm sure what's what's it like in 2023 with dealing with that the good the ups the downs the yeah um man that's I feel like we need a part three for that. Well, and we, and seriously, we may can because yeah. any and any time you have something you want to talk about, you can just call me up and say, "Hey, I want to let's let's talk again." Yeah. Because this isn't like, oh, I've done, I've talked with Clayton, I can't talk with Clayton again. Yeah. So it's not like that. So if you ever do want to talk about anything more specific, let me know. I'll come out again. But yeah. Anyway. Um. No, I think, man, it's it's a. Uh, it definitely has its its good days and it has its, its hard days. Um, anytime you're dealing with the younger generation, um, you're going to have a ton of fun, uh, but you're also going to experience a ton of heartbreak, uh, because you see, um, you see so much, so many kids with so much potential and sometimes they make mistakes that are just heartbreaking. Um, but I mean, we've all made mistakes, right? And so, um, there is a certain element to what I get to do, um, that there is a grace element that. Uh, you know, grace oftentimes is the benefit of the doubt um, with the younger generation. But man, I think I think we're finally seeing um, or starting to see really part of the impact of the pandemic um, and how that affected this younger generation in terms of how they had to uh, really spend 
two years virtual uh, in a lot of ways. And so um, you see nowadays a lot of kids um, just don't even want to go back to school. They like the virtual aspect of it. Um, and then with that, it just creates so many more open doors of, you know, screen time and, um, man, it just staying inside and doors and flexibility that, you know, just, it just wasn't around even when I was in high school and I was, I mean, I was, we just graduated or we just celebrated our 10 year anniversary from high school. So it wasn't too long ago that I was in high school, but just how much it's changed since, since then. Um, and you just see, man, so many, so many emotional, um, you know, the, the word anxiety, depression, and even, I'm not going to go too deep into this, but even like suicidal thoughts, like the, it's just such, such a relevant topic with this generation. Um, and not that it's not that it hasn't like, not like this is a new thing. It's, you know, anxiety, depression, suicide has been around forever. Um, but that it's so relevant and that it's, um, so talked about. Um, and I think one of the things the one of the positive things that's coming out of it is just mental health awareness. Um, you see a lot of the older generations, they just never really talked about mental health. It was more just, Hey, just suck it up and go. Um, and so one of the positive things that we're seeing from this younger generation is just their willingness to talk about mental health and how important it is. Um, I had a conversation with somebody one day that um, there's just this stigma that's attached to mental health that is is not the same that if if I called you up Austin and said hey man I'm I'm sick with strep in no way would you sit there and and judge me by any means or or it'd be oh man I'm so sorry like let me know if you need anything but if I called you up and said man I'm I'm diagnosed with um, I've got mental health issues and you know I'm, I'm having to see a doctor about it there's, there's like this stigma attached to it. It's like, oh, something's like wrong with Clayton, right? Or that you're admitting weakness. To, exactly. Or that you're weak. strep, there's just like, well, that's nothing. That's, that's not, you know, that just happens to everybody. Whereas if you admit mental health, there's this, this stigma around, oh, I'm a weak person. I can't fend for myself. Exactly. I had to call out for help. And so that's, that's one of the things that we're seeing in this younger generation is just their willingness to, hey, admit mental health is a real thing. Um, and so... Uh, a lot of the conversation is is built around that, um, both from a spiritual aspect, but also um, just a physical aspect. How much you know mental health affects you as a whole being. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's a positive part of it. Uh, but the dude, this this younger generation is, um, and when I say generation, I'm, I'm I'm talking specifically for Gen Z. Uh, you know, you and I were were technically millennials. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I don't fit the stereotype of a millennial. I don't think you do as well. Um, I don't believe in some of the stereotypes of millennials, but this generation that we get to, to really influence right now is Gen Z. Um, and dude, they're, they're a very interesting generation and a lot of challenges, but also uh, a lot of, lot of positives that I believe are gonna really impact the world. Well, I mean, and you have a front row seat to that. You know, I mean, that's, which is crazy, which, and this is a front row, back row, backstage, you're, 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 you know, side by side, stage hanging, whatever you want to say. You're up in the rafters trying to fix the lights, you know, but <laughs> top uh, of the ladder. Yeah. That's, that's rusty. And it's, you know, you're not even sure if it's going to hold you much longer, but, but speaking about Gen Z, this is actually a fun fact. I actually looked up because I was curious. We got to Z what's after Z and I actually looked up as Gen Alpha. Yeah. There's, they're starting with that, um, 
with that with that nomenclature, starting with alpha, I guess beta, and then I'm not sure what comes after beta. You know, uh, you know, Forrest Gump was his own generation. Did you know that? Ah, he was Gen A. Gen A. <laughs> oh man. Okay. I. <laughs> okay. Oh man, I've actually the past few days have been surrounded by bad puns or cheesy puns. I'll say that was a great pun. I won't call it a bad pun. Cheesy puns. I've been surrounded. I, that's all other thing, but it's so funny how. But um, but yeah. So you have a front row seat in that. I and do. Um, what would you say is the main struggle? Like if there was one war to fight with teens growing up in today's time, what's that one major war? Uh, phones, phones, screen, social media, time, social media, um, just the, just the connection, the, the identity connection that is attached to, um, a device. It's, uh, dude, it, it is, and I, I say that, man, it, it affects our entire world, not just the younger generation. Um, you know, adults, a lot of times give this younger generation a, a, a bad time about how connected they are to their device but reality man adults are just as connected uh i was talking to someone yesterday that their phone wasn't working and she was literally like i i don't know what to do like i i, I can't call anyone i can't text him i'm like i mean phones hadn't always been around you know it's like so it's just there's this war on screens this war on devices um that uh i mean yeah I, man i'm i'm as technologically advanced as the next person. I love technology, uh, specifically Apple. I'm an Apple guru. I love Apple. Um, there's not one thing Apple that I don't have, I don't think, um, except for the AirPods Max, uh, but I've already thought, I've already started about the buy. <laughs> hey, I love, they're really awesome. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I, just this war on phones, uh, war on devices, and um, that alone has heightened the talk about depression, anxiety, suicide, uh, mainly because you know they're so attached to social media and their identity is so wrapped up in social media that um, a lot of them play the comparison game. Oh gosh! And uh, I heard a quote one time that I've never forgotten that uh, social media is just a scrapbook of everybody's best moment. Oh yeah. So if you're comparing your worst moment to their best moment, uh, of course you're going to feel down. Yes. Oh, yes. And I don't even really use social media other than for my business. Yeah. If I didn't have my business, I would just, I would delete them. I just, I, and there's, um, there's, you know. there's some positive things of social media. Like, I don't want, I don't want to beat social media up. There, there are some and positive things. Um, and I, I mean, I, I have personal social media platforms and, um, you know, there's definitely boundaries and guardrails that we've set up to make sure that, you know, is, is a healthy balance of social media. Um, but, there are definitely some negative aspects that that is greatly affecting our younger generation that are not mature enough to really handle um, all that social media has to offer. How do you see this evolving over time? Do you see a? Do you think there's going to come a point to where a break happens with with social media, especially as surrounding kids and teens? Like, because this if this keeps going the way it's going, like you said, there is a lot of positive around social media, but you have to have a very, very mature mind to not let it control you. For sure. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I mean, everything comes and goes, right? Uh, I mean, you think about, like, MySpace was huge. 
you know, 15, 10 years, you know, 10, 15 years ago. When Tom was, Tom, at, Tom one, at one point, Tom was my best friend. He was the only friend I had. <laughs> he was my first friend on MySpace. I had Tom. <laughs> so, I'm pretty convinced Tom was not a real human. Uh, AI generated before AI was a thing, but we'll yeah. get, we'll get to that. Anyways, uh, but just to prove my point, it, th- you know, things come and go. Um, so I don't think Instagram will always be popular. I don't think TikTok will always be popular. Um, but it, it, it will be, you know, the next thing. So, um, I think one thing that we're learning now is just the awareness of how it affects us mentally. Um, and even physically, I mean, you, you know, one of the, my favorite things is, is to, uh, to talk to students about their screen time. Um, because man, I'm telling you, there was one student that told me there, and, and for those of you who don't know what screen time is, it's, it's your daily time you spend on your screen, specifically your phone. Um, and one, one student's screen time was 18 hours. Average? Average. Per day. Per day. So, I mean, wow. 18 hours. So not Uh, only is it, I mean, that's not, that's only even, that's giving four hours a day for sleep. Or no, it's six hours. Six hours. Six hours a day for sleep. My mental math is pretty bad. Yeah. Six hours a day for sleep, which is not even a full So when you're not sleeping, you're on your phone. So this person is getting... Deprived of sleep, sleep deprivation, and man, that is no. Nice. So, um, yeah, I, I think for us, you know, to answer your question, I think, you know, just gaining awareness, building up awareness um, to understand whatever is coming next, um, that we have the mental capacity to be able to do it in a healthy balance in a way that brings the positive out more than the negative. So let's end this part of the conversation. Do you have any chicken soup for the for the for the soul that you know like a good positive story like something chicken soup you, for the soul what a what a throwback i know i haven't i haven't <laughs> i've been read one of those and... well, did, well i know it's been it's been a minute i'm kind of <laughs> retrofitting that one but do you like what's a positive story because i mean again yeah. all this i don't want to to feel like we're just throwing negative on social media and all this because there's yeah. a lot of light too yeah for sure a lot of stuff to be excited sure. about especially with gen z yeah i mean gen z you know they are doing some pretty interesting things things, yeah yeah, it's like it's there's a lot of things to be excited about um i think my chicken soup for the soul for social media um would be man be 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 a person on social media that brings hope that brings joy um that gives life there's so much negativity on social media um that just everyone feels like they have a voice and they do you have a voice uh but just use it in a way that brings people up instead of brings people down because um, that when you when you're in a, a spot where you're always tearing people down or always causing arguments and it just honestly doesn't do anything good for anybody uh, so just for 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 the younger generation for the older generation just be somebody on social media that honors people that loves people um, that tells funny jokes that makes people laugh smile uh, that's if you look at my social media platform, it's it's mostly uh, my family. Uh, sometimes I'll do funny videos with my wife, um, or I love to post pictures of of me and somebody else, and just honoring that person of just their relationship with me. I love it. I love it. Well, man, I don't want to take up your entire day. I could sit it's- here all day, Austin. This is a beautiful day. You're amazing. Well, and- <laughs> thank you. I don't. I, mean, I, I don't want to. 
I am getting kind of hungry, so we'll, we'll eat some lunch soon. We'll get some lunch soon, but before we close, I just want to, I like to end every episode with a game and a recommendation. So, let's go. I, love I uh, but, but before we, but yes, I mean, that's just such a, such a beautiful perspective, though, about, about that. Yes, social media, that is the thing is, there is so much opportunity for negativity and so much ne- opportunity for destruction, but man, is there so much opportunity for building and changing 100%. lives and inspiring people and causing uh, movements and you know so because um, you're connected all across the world. And it's I've a double sided sword, two sided sword, yeah. But uh, okay, well, very cool. So the game I have for today, let me pull it up here. I so, are we competing? This is this is actually kind of know the answers. This is mostly you oh, okay. trying to figure it out. It's kind of a quiz. It's a pretty competitive, man. It's We're not, not competing. Okay. I'm not very competitive. I kind of already know the answers because I put this together. So if I um, lost, I might have thrown you in the lake. So if you, but this is just a, well, I would love to be throwing it. Like, just let me take my shoes off. I, these are nice shoes. I like these shoes, but everything else. That's what you're worried about. Even shoes. my phone's waterproof, but my shoes, please, please tie them to the tree. All right, before I throw you, I'll make sure I take your shoes off. Okay, that's the only thing. Apple Watch, all that's waterproof. My hair, I mean, my glasses, let the turtles have them. Just not my shoes, please. Gotcha. So this game is Bizarre Stats. I looked up. I wanted to do some guessing around some interesting t- statistics for 2023. Guessing game, okay. This is a, I'm not sure if they're all 2023. It's just relatively recent stats. Okay. Um, maybe within the past three to five years even. But um, okay, so first thing I've got. So I got one, two, three, four statistics here. I want to get what you take your best jab at it. Nobody knows these answers. This is just educated guessing. So if you get it completely wrong, it doesn't mean you're you're a failure. Okay. You you know. So okay. So first thing, according to dairy data from the U.S. Department of Agriculture Economic Research Service, how many pounds of ice cream does the average American consume each year? Oh my goodness. I'm thinking about me. I eat a lot of ice cream. Favorite uh, flavor? Uh, extreme Moose Tracks. Extreme. What's what makes it extreme? It's chocolate instead of vanilla ice so cream. So it's chocolate. You know my favorite flavor? Let me guess. Uh, Superman. Vanilla. Are you serious? <laughs> no. Well, I do love vanilla. I, I can't... I, classic vanilla. I cannot deny when I get ice cream, if I don't get vanilla, I feel like... I feel remiss. But wow. what I do is, my hack into experimenting with other ice creams is I just get two. I you just combine them? I, no, I get one cone that's vanilla or a cup. Oh. And then I get another cup or a cone that's another flavor. Just in case so, the other one you don't like. Well, I mean, I'll probably like both of them, but if I go and get ice cream, I'm going to get vanilla. I mean, that's just how I am. I just love vanilla ice cream. Gotcha. Which I also found, I was listening to another podcast, and they said that that's actually, um, apparently it reminds you of your mother's milk from when you were a, an infant. It's a, I'm never going to eat ice cream. This I know. <laughs> it's an interesting fact, but apparently I, I heard that, that, uh, that that's why so many Americans eat um, vanilla ice cream. But you know, that's another interesting fact. But, uh, so what would you say? What would you guess? This is in pounds. Um... Man, how many pounds of ice cream does the average American consume each year? I would say uh, 15. And this is as of 2017. 15 pounds. Is that your final answer? Yeah. You want to phone a friend? The heron's still over there. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk to birds. Well, I got to say, you said how many pounds? 15. You are absolutely correct. No. You are one. This is as of 2017, the average American will eat an estimated um, 12.7 pounds of ice cream each year. Oh, I'm sorry. As excessive as that might sound, the stats are actually... Okay, I'm sorry. So it was 15 pounds. It's actually come down. Okay. So Look at four, us. It we was, got better. It was 14.8 pounds as of 2007. 
10 years later in 2017, this they found it was actually 12.7. Okay. So I don't really know how they measure that, but I don't either, but we're going to roll with it because it's fun. <laughs> okay. But 12.7 pounds. 12.7 pounds, but 14.8 I definitely, pounds. I definitely add to that. So I love ice cream, man, and too. everybody does. You know, it's hard to not like ice cream. But uh, okay, second thing: two of two out of four. According to the CDC, what percentage of people around the globe actually wash their hands after using the bathroom? Ooh, I would say probably. And this is um, yes, this is global around the globe. So don't just think America. Oh, I would probably say five percent. Is that your final answer? Yeah. What? What? How did you get to that? What educated guests I've, I've strategy? Been ar- I've been around the world, um, and I've been to a lot of places that you just don't even have access to washing hands. Um, so definitely less than, I would say 5%. I even wanted to go less than 5%. But. So according to this, it is, and I'll just read this paragraph here. It says, or a couple sentences. The CDC, they report around the globe, only 19% of people wash their hands after using the toilet. And what did you say? 5%. So you said 5%, but it says also consider that um, they, they also report that an estimated 2.5 billion people, roughly 35% of the entire world's population, does not have access to improved sanitation. So part of no. it is not because they're nasty, but it's just... And, that, and that's, why I made, that's why I made that. I've been, like I said, I've been all over the world. Um, in third world countries and largely for mission street a lot of a lot of people do not have access to the opportunity to wash hands i mean so many people so few people around the globe even have there's a lot of people that don't even have the the luxury of you know not just wash their hands with water but drink have drinking water it's nuts yeah. you know and that's when we get um pastor steve on i want to talk to him about some of that stuff because oh, yeah. he's got a lot of insight into that yeah the struggle but and, uh, yeah. maybe you do too but um okay so but that's interesting. It makes you really feel like, I mean, just at America, you know, being so so blessed we are in this country to have, I mean, just, I mean, we're just here sitting here drinking a bottle of water right now. It's like so few people re- sit back and think, I, I think about how, like, how lucky for granted for sure to, you know, even have the opportunity to wash our hands, much less choose to or not. But so I thought that was a really interesting statistic. Um, I got two more. We'll get to our recommendation and then we'll, we'll call it done. How many pounds of trash does the average American generate each day? Oh my goodness! How many pounds of trash? Pounds of trash. Does average, the average individual. Uh, average individual American generate each day. Um, I would say five pounds. You are, dude. Are you a psychic? Can you see like? Can you see my screen right now? <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, if you, did you? I, we did not share. We didn't even talk about this game before sitting down here today. But yes, it says uh, each American generates about four point four eight pounds of trash every single day, totaling one thousand six hundred and forty-two point five pounds per year. Wow! You should, dude. You are a guessing wizard. You are a wizard. I, uh, did you go based? How did you come to that conclusion? Because I mean, I'm curious. Honestly, I just I, I keep thinking about myself and like on the average day, I probably produce you know maybe two or three pounds. But every now and then, I'll throw something away that's a little bit more heavier, and I'm like, okay, five pounds sounds about right. I threw I, one time. I had a dog I didn't care too much for, and that was no, about, you did. that was about forty pounds. I threw away. Austin, you're no. you're joking. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that day was a bit, no, I kid, I kid. I love dogs, but uh, 
It, it was the, no, I've never. <laughs> so, oh my gosh! But yes, you are the you are now. I'm gonna call, coin you after today. You are forevermore the wizard of guessing. So I, I don't okay. even want to do number four because I feel like I'm just ruin. My okay, title. we can end it there if you want. You want to end it there? No, I don't want. We got one more, but we're actually kind of running close to time. Okay. So let's. Let's just let's close this game out for now, and we'll go back to recommendations, and we'll end the show right here. So, first of all, I this is the one thing I do prep people with. I say I want to come to come to the show with one thing you recommend. Well, that's it pretty be, random. It could be anything. It could be a it could be a a, a book, a, a song. It could be a, a you know a quote. Anything, and it, it could be anything. Why does none of those? Well, tell me. <laughs> so, uh, so this is a personal journey of mine that I've been on. Um, I, I'm a big smeller, okay? So I love, I love, I love. Then you smell? You you stink? No, 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 no. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, that's news to me. But <laughs> my sense of smell, like I'm very cognitive to how things smell. Okay, very good. Um, so anytime I walk into something, like my first expression or my first impression is always, "What does it smell like?" Um, so I've been on like a personal journey of how can I consistently make my car smell good? Okay. So I have two, obviously two kids, um, and they trash a lot. <laughs> they yes. produce way more than five pounds of trash. Okay. Lot, probably. Yeah, I can I uh, believe that. And so I'm always like on a, like a personal journey of how can I make my car consistently smell well? Cause I, I do take people places sometimes and, and I'm always like, I'm always insecure of, does my car smell bad? Um, and so bro, of all places, I was in Dollar General the other day. And, of course, I always go by the, the, the car scent aisle because I'm like, well, not always, but sometimes I'm like, I venture there. And I found this product okay, that is, you know, you have like the little vent clip. Of course. Right? Mm-hmm. Which I've used those before, and they're, they're decent. Um, and then you have like the little thing you can hang on your mirror, uh, which I've used before, but I just don't like things hanging on my mirror. I found this, um, it's like this rectangle, I'm, I'm going to describe it the best way I know how. It's a rectangle thing that slides on one of your plastic pieces in your vent. And it's the same color as the vent. Oh, so they're, so it's like hidden. You, you can don't, get different shades of gray right. or brown. You or don't know that it's there. Really? Um, and it's, they smell wonderful. And so I put one on the passenger side, one on the driver's side, and I just bought, they're pretty inexpensive, like five, six bucks, something like that. And I buy several packs of them and leave them in my, my dash, my, my center console. And anytime that I notice that I don't smell it anymore, I always just replace them. And they are fabulous. So I wanted to recommend that product. To have one that's looking to, to make their car smell good, that's like, Without sacrificing Without style. Style or noticing, hey, he's got something hanging from his mirror. Yeah. Like, I want people to walk, you know, get in my car and be like, man, your car smells good, but I can't figure out why. I love it. So it's incognito. Yeah. Incognito car sense. Yeah. I love it. So what is the name of the product? Do you know how, like, what would be the easiest uh, way for people to find it? Dollar General? <laughs> this, I'm car recommending sense? a product that I don't even remember the name of it. Uh, but you found it at Dollar General. Dollar General. In the Scentsy aisle. Their car it, sense? Well, in the car aisle. Car aisle. Like, where, you, where you, would, you would get, like... I can find it, maybe put a link into the... Yeah. I can Google it and put a link in the show. Notes. I'll go by Dollar General after this and get get a thing and send a picture and send it to you. Please do. Please do. That would be very good. 
and I can easier find it. I'll put a link in the show. Okay, well, they're stocked because well, and I love a clean car. I love a good smelling car too. So that's you know I'm sure a lot of people. And your we got to ride in your your car today. Your yes. your Mazda, what is it? I said Mazda MX, Miata. Mazda Miata. Mazda MX-5. That was that was a pleasant experience. Yes, and I've. I've dreamt of that car for many, many years, but that's that's Beautiful. a whole the black convertible two seat I manual, five speed, six speed, six speed. I love it, but the journey of getting that car and like what I had before is a long story. But yes, I love that car, and yeah, um, with the top with the top down, it's tough to maintain your sense. You in, like keeping your top down? Yes, I do. Well, in more ways than one. But uh, <laughs> so before we close it up, I just want to give my quick recommendation, and that is so. Uh, you know, I've been listening to podcasts for quite a while since yeah. I was 12. Um, so 16 plus years. I don't know. What's that? I'm terrible at mental math. But since I'm 12, I'm 30 now, whatever the math is. And uh, it, I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Mm-hmm. And the first podcast I started listening to was MuggleCast. And if you're a super nerdy Harry Potter fan, you're one of the OGs then you, I'm sure you've heard about it, but if you're not, it's a podcast, Harry Potter podcast that's been going on consistently since 2005. I started listening to it in 2006. They just hit their 600th episode, and... That's so crazy. It's nuts, and these guys are awesome. They've done things that, I mean, they have peeled those books back and died. Really cool. Have they done an episode in Harry Potter world? Oh yeah, I mean they, they've had producers on from the from the series. They've had Jim Dale, who was the uh, narrator of they the J.K. Rowling. No, and not had her, but uh, they had. That'd uh, be pretty cool. J.K. Yes, they've not. But the, well, other podcasts have had her, on, but they've not um, have had her on. But um, but yeah, so they've been around for a long time, and I really recommend them. They're right now doing a book, a chapter by chapter series, um, where they're literally going through every chapter of the entire series and just having basically like a book club and they just talk about every every chapter in wow. depth and i mean they've just got how long is each episode they're about an hour okay so um for a while they didn't do weekly but they um so there's not literally an episode for every week of the past since 2005 but i mean they're on 600 i mean they've been doing it very consistently that's cool love those guys they're basically like they don't know me obviously but i mean they're i, I consider them kind of like family because i've grown up with them I've, yeah. they've told me stories about moving in different states and their college experience and traveling abroad so but anyway i recommend mugglecast if you're a, if the inner How cool would that be to have them on this podcast maybe i mean maybe maybe i'll tag them or something but uh, i'd love it but uh, but anyway well, that's my recommendation if you are Sweet. just a nerdy harry potter fan like me and mugglecast none of your friends want to talk about it and in exhaustion they're they're a great great resource so well very good man well thank you so much for coming on we've got it's starting to warm up even more than it was. We got some sun poking through the through the clouds as the spring Beautiful starts day. to warm up. And just wanted to thank you again. Any closing comments? Dude, you're awesome. Thank you for uh, having me. And thank you for our friendship. And uh, just, I, I, I don't say this to most people, but uh, anytime that I get to see you and anytime that I get to hang out with you, it, it just brings so much value to me. And so, uh, not, 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 I mean, obviously things that you say are awesome, but it's just like who you are. Like you just, you just have a, a way about you that just, you just bring people up. And so I, uh, I appreciate this. This is a beautiful, I mean, I can't think of any better thing to do on a Friday afternoon than to sit here. So thank you for having me, man. And for all you listening, this is an incredible podcast. You should keep listening. Well, 
I'm speechless. I don't want to say that, but the feeling is mutual, my friend. Anytime I see you, you know, you're, you know, anytime I come to this area and for work or pleasure and I see you, it's a, it's a positive day. Can I tell him the, the nickname that I call you? You go ahead. Anytime I see him, I always say, Wiggy Wig Wig. Wiggy Wig Wig. <laughs> I've got the past, I've, uh, over the years, with, you know, when the last, when your last name starts with Wig, so many nicknames, and I applaud them all. I love them all. I, some people are bothered by Wiggy nicknames. Wig Wig. I love it. I've heard Wiggles, Big Wig, Wig, Wig Wig Wag. I mean, I've heard all this. I've heard all of them, you know, but, uh, well, very good, my friend. Well, I just, Again, I don't even want to say to that because the feeling is mutual. Love you and, you know, our friendship and just thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, sweet.